This is episode 131 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 131 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Andre Mikovichuk on the show today, and it was a banger. Andre is filled with a lot of wisdom for a guy his age. And uh, this is a very quotable episode. That's the way I'll put it. Uh, Andre said a lot of things that really resonated with me being an American investor. So he's a Canadian investing in the US. And he talks a lot about his experience about how he's acquired 40 plus units in Jamestown, New York, and all the things that led to him making that decision. There's a lot of what I would call almost randomness to where he ended up in the US as an investor. And he's made it work. He's rolled with the punches there's been a lot of things that haven't gone right and there's been a lot of moments where he didn't think it it would work and he would make it through and to be able to complete these purchase transactions but he's found a way every single time and he's got a fantastic story and a fantastic message so i really enjoyed this episode and i am very confident that you will as well whether or not you're looking at at cross-border investing these type of lessons apply no matter where you're trying to do business you probably know the drill by now, but if you haven't already done so, please make sure that you like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on this video if you have not already done so. Go ahead and leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let Andre know what you think of his story. And if you're an Apple podcast listener, a rating and review would be greatly appreciated. I just noticed that the show hit number 15 on the all-time investing category on iTunes for Canada, which I never thought that would happen when I started this. And I am greatly appreciative of everyone who supports this show and, uh, and has helped to make that happen. So thank you so much for that. And without further ado, let's dive into episode 131 with Andre Makovachuk. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Andre Makovachuk on the show and uh, you're in the U.S. investing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that's near and dear to my heart because I'm getting. I'm going down that road for a second time right now. And uh, we, we've chatted a bit. I think we kind of connected over that um, while I was down in Florida. And uh, you have a really interesting story. So I listened to a couple of your podcast episodes. But uh, why don't you go ahead and just tell our viewers and listeners about yourself? Okay. So I, uh, my name is Andre. I started in 2012 when I was in college in Barrie. And... Um, there was a little bit of a light bulb moment, not really too much. But uh, when I was in Barrie in 2012, a buddy of mine lived on a student rental. And I went in there. And at that time, 2012, it was about two, 300000 You could easily buy a house in Barrie. Um, and he was paying $500 a month. And this owner put like three bedrooms upstairs, three in the basement, and maybe two on the main floor. So he was making a killing. Like uh, we're talking about eight bedrooms, $4,000 a month on a $200,000 purchase. Is pretty darn good. And who knows what he paid for it back in the day. Um, so that kind of got my wheels turning. And of course, 2012, I'm 18 years old, no money. <clears throat> so, but, but I want to do it somehow. So OSAP comes in and OSAP was huge. My tuition was only $1,200 or $2,000 a semester. OSAP comes in with like 20 something thousand that they, you know, predicted for the whole three years. Uh, but I'm working at the same time. I was doing night shift, and then I was going to college right after night shift. Uh, so I didn't really need the money because you know I had the money coming in. So I, I decided to get in with my parents because twenty grand was not enough. Uh, so we bought our first house in Barrie. Then we kept on buying and buying. After that, um, I moved into a condo in Burlington, which was probably not the smartest thing uh, from a cash flow perspective. But that's what really got my wheels turning. So this was 2016. Uh, from 2012 to 2016, really, it was a nothing. And my mentality actually in 2012 was 
oh, okay, well, I have this one house in 25 years is going to be paid off. That's going to be my retirement. So I kind of want to, you know, people to understand that, that that's how I was thinking that, that this was such a good deal uh, that I could retire in 25 years. Yeah. Right. Obviously that's shifted over time. Uh, so when I was in the condo, I started just, I don't know how it happened, but I started Googling cash flow, and then I came across uh, all kinds of real estate stuff. And I loved real estate to begin with. And then I just started kind of going into it. So 2017, I made my first trip to us. I didn't buy, uh, but I was looking in Niagara Falls, New York and Buffalo, New York. 2017 Niagara Falls and Buffalo, New York, you can buy anything you wanted, anything for $40,000. And, and I'm talking renovated, ready to go, renovated and rented, ready to go. You don't have to do anything. You just 40, anything you wanted. I was looking at a house in Niagara Falls. It was 10 grand and I offered the guy five and he told me to go fly a kite, which was probably stupid of me to offer. But I, I don't know. I was really scared of, of, yeah. of kind of going across. Um, so, so I didn't start until 2019 in, uh, in the U.S., and the first property I bought there was a duplex for 42000 And the rent at the time, uh, so, so I'll explain a little bit. The rent at the time was only $300 a month. It was a duplex, one vacant unit, one upstairs was only paying 300 But I was looking in the area, and I figured I could get easily 600 per apartment. Um, and, and the U.S. is different because in Canada, if you have an unperforming property, or at least in Ontario, if you have an unperforming property, it's not exactly like you go in there, you raise the rent to so whatever you want. And now it's performing. But in, in New York State, not the city, but New York State, it's very easy to raise. It's kind of like the Wild West. You do whatever you want. Um, so I went in there. Before I even closed, I had a conversation with the guy upstairs, which is a very nice guy. still lives there. I said, listen, uh, you know, obviously $300 a month is very low. Uh, I'm not going to charge you the full $600, uh, but I'll charge you $550. And then if you cut the grass, whatever, then, you know, we'll take a further deduction off. So he kind of manages the whole place. And then I put a tenant in the basement. for So that was $1,200 or 1150 sorry, uh, on a $42,000 property with owner financing. Yeah. So the deal was about uh, $8,000 down. And then um, the rest he would hold on a five-year term and amortization. And that, yeah, so five-year amortization. So you're paid off after five years. Paid off after five years. So what was your cash flow on that? Um, not much because the mortgage start. payment is so high. So you're basically nil cash flow right now. Not No, 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 not nil. So the first property was only $200 in cash flow. But then again, I figured, okay, 200 times 12 is, is uh, 2,400. Yeah. I only put 8,400 into it. Oh, so, so that's like 25% on cash. Right, right. And pay off in five years. So I thought, okay, that was pretty good. And then... Um, it took me a while to because I kind of wanted to get my feet wet. Um, I didn't want to jump in all the way. First of all, I wasn't really looking uh, that hard. I was still working at the time. Then uh, comes along uh, 2020, um, January. So I started again in 2019. Uh, 2019, I closed in January. Then in about July or August, I'm starting to look more. And sure enough, I come across a portfolio with five properties, uh, 10 units altogether. And the guy wanted, uh, well, we negotiated a deal for 177 again with owner financing. Again, 20% down and five-year payoff. So the cash flow on that was roughly 2000 a month, but I had more money into it. Yeah, how much do you have on that? So 170 we were talking about 35 something like that, 35000 35000 but you're getting 24 on a year. Correct. Well, these are insane cash returns. In- insane, yeah. Twenty. Uh, so th- then I, you know... Then I really backed away from Ontario real estate. Like I'm a realtor here. Like I understand um, why some people would want to invest here, um, but I think they don't understand why they're investing here. Like they call themselves investors uh, for the most part, and I hear agents having these conversations in my office all the time. They call themselves investors, and they'll have the conversation with their client. Oh hi, yeah, you know, a downtown condo, twelve hundred a foot. It's a great deal because other ones are thirteen hundred a foot. 
and and I'm and I'm listening to these conversations, and it, it just almost makes me want to cringe because you are a gambler. Like yes, don't don't call yourself an investor. One hundred percent. You're gambling that the market's going to go up because, or, or really and truly, from day one, you're not making any money. You'll never make money. Yeah. Unless the interest rate goes to negative, you'll never actually make money because you'll never on a five hundred thousand dollar condo, you can almost never break even. Yeah. So so it, it, you, your only bet is that appreciation wise, which has worked, and that's why people call themselves investors. Right, but it's it's you're you're winning and winning and winning until you don't. You're you're still speculating. Correct. I, I I think Correct. I think you know gambling is one way of putting. It. I just call it speculating, and I don't speculate. I mean, yes, I could think that the market's going to go up, and odds are it probably will for a time. Correct. But everything will eventually become volatile. Eventually, there is a time when the market in Toronto will come down significantly. We don't know when that is and how much more will go up first. But uh, yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. So, yeah, I agree with you. And this is why it doesn't make sense to me. Ontario hasn't made sense to me in a long time. A lot of the markets, there are still like, you know, small pockets here and there that can cash flow. Yeah. But are you still seeing that kind of cash flow in New York? And where in New York were you, were you investing okay, in this? Okay, so I'm uh, in Jamestown, New York, which is kind of borderline of uh, Pennsylvania, if you will. Um, so it's off of Buffalo because now, like when I got into Buffalo, uh, in 2019, I could have probably still picked something up. Um, but I met a outstanding agent, uh, in Jamestown, uh, Taylor Bennett, I'm going to name drop him cause he's the best. And his wife, Sydney Bennett is done, doing all the, um, managing for me. So I met an agent there. He's the one that proposed this five unit for me. I would have easily bought in Buffalo at the time too. Um, it, had I known, I probably should have bought in Buffalo because the Buffalo market, you know, exploded now. Yeah. Uh, now in Buffalo, the same forty thousand dollar property that I was talking about before is probably two hundred thousand dollars now. Really? Uh, so four no times. Time. Four times, easily four times, easily. If I would have bought in twenty seventeen, I would have looked like a genius at this point. Oh wow! Uh, but that's not what I was buying for. That's not at all like you know. For, to, for me, when I was looking in Jamestown, I told myself from day one, I said, Andre, if twenty years from now this forty thousand dollar property is worth thirty nine thousand dollars, I'll still be happy. Yeah. Because the numbers worked regardless. For yeah. me, that wasn't the point. Right? The point was to kind of escape the rat race. Right. Yeah, and cash, cash flow is the key to that. Right. Speculating, you can win, again, until you don't. Until you don't. Yeah. Until you don't. Yeah. So uh, then, so now we're at a timeline. 2019, I bought one. 2020, we bought five more. Five houses, but 10 units. Um, and then um, in 2021, just this year, I closed on 36 units uh, down there, and that was 13 prop. No, sorry, seven properties. Okay. Um, seven properties, 36 units. That one was um, I didn't see it obviously because we were not allowed to go down. Uh, so I, you know, I was at the mercy of my agent, which this is the same agent that helped me find the five unit in the first place. Uh, sorry, the five homes in the first place. Uh, so he's very good. He showed me a lot of the stuff, but again, there was a lot of stuff that we didn't see. Uh, because not his fault, but you really can't get into all the units, 36 units in one day. It's, it's close to impossible. Uh, so, uh, you know, evidently the owner was there with them and the owner chose what to show us and what not to show us. Right. Right. But that, you know, I, I kind of knew that going in there. I said, okay, you know, even if half of them are more or less okay, because it was such a good deal, uh, I really didn't care about the other half. And sure enough, it worked out that way. Um, we thought initially that it was only about three or four vacant units on this one, but it was more like by the time you actually close and you go in there, you start having a conversation with the tenant. Oh, I'm leaving. Oh, bye. See you. New owner. Get out of here. That's it. I'm out of here. So it was about 15 uh, empty apartments. And I was panicking at this point because like 15 empty apartments, like you need the money because yeah. the bills are still coming no matter what. 
all the utilities are still coming. So you kind of, but but Sydney and Taylor, they uh, these were your agents down there. Yeah, the, Sydney's the the manager. Uh, she, they they were just unbelievably useful, unbelievably useful. That uh, helped me helped me get through this because I was in a real pickle. That's actually. Um... It's nice to hear that because I've had I've had some struggles with U.S. management. How did you get in touch with them? Yeah, so I, I didn't know that. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll tell you this: when I first started calling around in the U.S., uh, you got to understand these agents, like agents in Toronto, are going to bother you until until you don't want to talk to them anymore ever, because they're dealing with five, six hundred, a million, two million dollar price tags. Mm-hmm. One commission for that is some of your people's salary for the whole year, right? Agents in the U.S. are dealing with forty thousand dollars properties in these towns, not everywhere. Yeah, right? so they need so to do one a lot commission, of volume. Correct. One commission is nothing, not, not nothing, but really, it's not. You're not going to retire off. One, you're not going to stop working for the rest of the year. Uh, so most of them are not that good, yeah. because the, the market kind of stipulates that, right? Uh, but this guy that I'm, I mean, he's, I don't know how old you are, but he's my age. He's 28 years old, and and he's doing like 110, 120 units a year. Uh, selling, so he he's just killing them, killing the, the. So so I kind of you know he's a amazing shark, and he's responsive, but that that's why he's getting a lot of deals because he's so responsive. But most agents you call down there, like like you probably had the experience, either they don't call back or they think you're a tire kicker because most people are tire kickers, yeah. and uh, you're calling from Canada. Oh oh yeah, sure he's gonna buy kind of thing, right? So so you know, I, I don't blame them in a way. Oh, but, I don't blame them either. Yeah, yeah. but. You know, if if I'm telling you that I have X amount of dollars to invest and I'm showing you that I, I I've done it already, then then you know, kind of take me seriously because I I'm right. Yeah, that that's a struggle everywhere in every industry. Like every time you go into a new market, I I hate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating. And, and it turns out, you know, I thought about this new market, new market, and then when you really think it through, you realize that the asset is not the houses. The asset is the agent and the property management. Because if you could duplicate those people, then you'll do well in any market. But the best performing property in in somewhere where you have no connections, I mean, you're done. You're not going to be living there. You got to have the uh, people. You got to have people. People are the asset. So so in other words, start with the property management almost. Uh, Almost, yeah. I mean, at at the same time, it's kind of a, a... chicken and exit scenario because they won't take you seriously if you don't have any properties but you don't want to buy any properties until you know you have somebody reliable that's going to look after them yeah so maybe maybe you can use your you know experience they say oh look i'm doing this in canada i'm gonna you know kind of introduce yourself that way yeah and and i've heard um i had anton martel on here asking him and he was all over the u.s like just one market after another i'm like how are you doing this and he's like well i don't find it very helpful to start with realtors i actually go straight for the property managers He's like, because, you know, nine out of 10 realtors aren't even investor focused. Whereas you go to the the property managers, they know the realtors that are investor focused and the property managers have lines on properties too. Correct. Yeah. So Taylor himself, um, I think he owns, I don't know what he owns, but he owns a lot of units uh, down there in Jamestown as well. Uh, so, so it's, um, so he's a realtor and property manager. Correct. Correct. Well, he's not a property. His his wife does all the management side, uh, but he definitely understands the numbers. Like, I don't have to explain to him what I'm looking for because he already knows what I'm looking for. He's probably looking for the same thing kind of thing. So, so and, and yeah, he's – they're fantastic down there. Okay. So, how many units are you at in Jamestown now? Uh, 48 units. 48 units. Good on you, man. Okay. So, this most recent one, let's let's break down the numbers to it. So, it's how many units? It's uh... So, 36 apartments. It was – the purchase price was uh, 522000 So, that's 14500 a door. 
Oh, that's great. And uh, did you have like sort of a, an estimation of renovation or were you just expecting to just be able to go in and rent them? Yeah. So, so let's back this up first. So, so I haven't actually finished all that, uh, meaning, meaning re- renovations wise. Understood. Uh, yeah. And, well, it, it takes a long time. Correct. So that. I closed in January of this year. Um, and now we're obviously in July. Uh, it, it's not where nearly where I want it to be um, at this point. Like there's still three vacant units that I have that I have to do rentals for. And it seems like seems like I'm not getting the right contractors. <laughs> That's the hardest part, man. Right. When I think about it, it just makes it's like almost demotivating. I'm just like, oh, don't I really want to deal with that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the beginning, it was it was kind of fine. And I, Maybe it's my fault. I don't know. I'll tell you a little story. So I had a contractor that was doing, uh, I had a fourplex part of this purchase. There was only one unit occupied, three were vacant. And the three that were vacant were disgusting. So I, I put in a contractor there. And uh, for the three, I don't know how much work was actually required, but it was all new flooring, um, no new kitchens, some new tub surrounds like the for the bathroom. Uh, and it was about um, 15000 let's say. 15, 16, that was thousand. one unit? That was three units. So three units. Three. So I thought that was reasonable because I figured, okay, you know, that's that's not too bad. Then that's yeah, that seems all right. Then right. Maybe I don't want to blame the contractor because honestly, I'm not there to see, right? But there was another unit that I sent them to do a quote, and the quote was about sixteen thousand for one unit. So that almost like right? So I don't know what happened. Do you get a little video tour of the, the unit first? Right. So it was disgusting. Absolutely. It was it was a hoarder, actually. So the, the person moved out. I sent another person to actually go and clean it out. It was completely clean. So that, now at that point, you know, to, to me, it doesn't matter how bad a unit is because flooring, replacing flooring, whether it's half ugly or fully ugly, it's the same cost. Right. It should be the same cost, right? But but I think the, the, the fear mongering works when you have something really ugly and then you can you can justify those extra costs. Yeah, um, this this is where for me, like when I started, I actually like I was like right in the room with my contractors. Like I was working alongside them, right. and I tried to get a gauge on how long things took so I could make sense of their cost. Right? If like uh, plumbers to me always seem so expensive, I'm like you're putting a bunch of plastic pipes in a house that should be cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Not thinking yeah. like first off, ABS and PEX and all that stuff is very expensive. Correct. So that's part of it. Um, and then the other part is yeah, like getting it right. Right? It doesn't look like much but to me i remember thinking that plumbing like why is plumbing expensive that should be cheap um you know but you know things like flooring flooring is a very cheap thing generally and it's because it goes down quick but leveling the floor not necessarily you could have a really bad product if you don't if you don't fix that floor so just understanding all the dynamics because then you can call bullshit even from a distance that's that's the key thing right if you've done renovations here you kind of apply that to them so i think that was my biggest problem because like when we bought these properties here in ontario like we have uh me and my parents book then i kind of got, got them into it so they were starting to buy like everywhere um and, and and before we even started investing like when we moved to canada in 2001 we lived in three different homes every home we bought was bad condition me and my dad and, and my mom and my sister everybody was kind of renovating the home and then we you know wait another year we would sell it and then do the same thing, buy another bad home, renovate it, yeah. and sell it. So I was very used to do the renovation part. Mm-hmm. And I was used to not paying for renovations. Right. Right. So maybe maybe I am wrong. Maybe I haven't reached that level of experience yet. But when when he quoted that 16th, it, it was 
honest to God, like I had a heart attack when I heard that question. But work backwards through it. So, so this is what I would do. I'm like, I want to understand that. What are you doing? Get a full scope of work. Okay. And then you, you say, well, okay, tile surround. That shouldn't take him more than a day if he's good. You know, right. that's like, that's slow. So, okay. So if you're paying yourself, like, what's he want to make in this town? Like he could easily make 30 or 40 an hour. Okay. What does that add up to? And then you figure out, okay, well, this is what it should cost. He's adding a bit more. That's his profit margin. Okay. Um, I understand. And I either do or I don't understand. If I, if I think it's crap, I tell them, mm, this is what I was expecting that to cost. Right. And, and then I, I was applying this theory. I said, okay, you know, if he's charging uh, that unit, that was a big unit. It was a two-bedroom unit, but it was uh, it could have easily been a three-bedroom unit. That's all. It's about, I don't know, 900 square feet, let's say. If he's charging 16000 a door, then, you know, I was kind of questioning myself. I said, why the hell did I buy for 14500 a door? If I'm going to spend 16000 on renovations per door... And then I'm at thirty thousand. Is right? the market justifying thirty thousand? No way, no way, no way. The market right now is probably around like some stuff are selling for about twenty five thousand a door. Okay, so I said, okay, th- this doesn't make any sense to me. So, so, anyways, we're gonna do the work regardless. Probably yeah. through other routes, we're gonna do the work regardless because we still have to get it to where I want it to be. Um, well, fortunately, they don't all have to turn over at once. So you get, you, you yeah. might, you might, you know, eat it on one or two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then make it up on the rest. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So that that's kind of uh, what we're doing now. Yeah, you got to get it rented, right? You want you want to get the, the that generating um, income. So let's let's put it this way: as of say one year from now, what will you have put into renovations? I think I have another fifty or sixty thousand dollars to go. So in total, where will you be? Oh, in total, I'll be maybe seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. Okay. So let's say bought it for five twenty two, seventy thousand dollars in renovation. Uh, are you negative cash flow at all at, no, in, during this no, time? No, no, never no. negative. So, no. so you, that's all. So your purchase and renovations about five ninety two is what you're in for in a, in a year's time. What do you figure it's worth at that point, fully renovated? One point two. It's 36 units, right? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so 900. Yeah. 900. Yeah. So 25,000. So no, if, would you go back and try and get a new mortgage on that? So I, okay. So the financing, um, in the States. Oh, you did just a private, the private mortgage. No, 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 no. This, this is, I went through a bank. Okay. So this one took like six months to close, uh, yeah. because it seems like these banks, um, uh, anytime you send them something like, a day before closing, oh, no, we have to push it out for another week uh, because you're missing X, Y. Like, you know, th- there's never a, a whole list from the beginning yeah. where, okay, do all this, and then here's the money. And then we'll give it. No, it's never like that. So it was uh, six months, literally six months. Uh, one of those months, actually, it might have been seven months. One of those months was my fault. Um, I sent it to a bank that I thought was going to do it in town that I, that I actually used for everybody to use their deposits. They went to the commercial department. The guy is out of Buffalo. So this underwriter, which I've never, ever heard of this in my life in Canada. This would never happen. But the underwriter took it upon himself to um, leave the desk from where he's working from and drive around these properties. So he drove around. He noticed that, okay, you know what? I don't want to lend. Sorry. I don't want to lend in Jamestown. But that was told to me a month after. So it was a month of the, we had a, initially a 60 day, uh, no, sorry, 30 day conditional on financing. Uh, and my 30 days was up. And then right at the 30 day mark, it was game over. No, no funds. I said, oh my God. So uh, I've been calling banks since 2017, uh, trying to find out who's going to. And I had this list that was just stored away. Some realtor, I don't even remember who sent it to me. And it was kind of like on a Word doc and said, oh, call this person for this, this person. It was all in New York. Just call, call and see. So I, I called everybody on the list and I said, okay, 
what do I have to lose at this point? Nothing. I'm not going to get the deal. Uh, and I called one guy and he said, oh, no, no, I don't do commercial, but I will send you off to another guy. His name is Josh. Do so uh, out of Rochester. And Josh is the one that got it done for me. Thank God. Uh, but I was I was ready to because there's no other option. I was ready to walk right. And actually, there was one one other option. It was um, private financing that Taylor uh, could arrange for me. But that was, I think he said it was twelve percent interest, which still cash flowed my yeah. the twelve percent interest. Uh, and you have to do minimum three years because those guys at twelve percent they want to give you the mortgage for twenty years okay. at twelve percent. Of course they do. Um, so I, I was probably going to go that route if it didn't go through, but thank God I got, uh, the funding. The funding was cheaper. I got it at 3.85. Uh, 3.85. Oh yeah. This is what you were telling me, me about. Cause we, we spoke about this and I, I talked to yeah. Josh as well. You talked to Josh? I did. Yeah. You shared his contact with me. Um, but I haven't even financed anything yet. I've just been, I, I ran something by him, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been tough, tough finds out there, but that's a different story. Um, so yeah, if you're over 500 grand and a multi, you can get some pretty solid rates, right? So over, um, so this is not the, that, that guy. There was another guy that I was trying to deal with, but I sent him the package, but, uh, at the time he was working for, I think it was national bank out of Erie, Pennsylvania, and they do kind of, uh, nationwide lending. Uh, but he was telling me, you know, if you bought me a million dollar mortgage, uh, kind of you name the terms. Yeah, then you then you get basically treated like a like a king, like a, yeah. a citizen of the U.S. Correct, correct. So correct. you the the important distinction is as a foreign national, as they would call you, because you're not American, to get the rate that you got is pretty wild. I don't think it is. I think people are just not asking the right questions. Okay, because I'm hearing. Do you, do you think that's possible in a single home? Yes. Well, I mean, it is with like RBC US or TD US. Yeah, but those but those uh, they, terms they cap out. are yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think okay. So I asked I asked Josh um, on a on a personal note. I wanted to buy. I was looking in Florida, and I wanted to see what kind of funding. Uh, so he was telling me, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was five percent. Um, with twenty percent, a lot of questions asked. With thirty percent, no questions asked. So five percent interest rate. Five percent interest rate. Yeah. Some, something like five five and a quarter, some, something of that nature. Maybe it's gone up. This was about a month ago. I was talking to him, uh, but that's what he was talking about. But I'm hearing other Canadians going out in the U.S. and they're doing. Maybe they're doing flip loans. That's why it's so expensive. But they're paying like ten, twelve, seven, eight, nine, ten percent, and I think. But I, I just don't see that. Well, I went to I went to meet up in Cape Coral pretty regularly, and I asked a guy. You know, I told him my situation. He knew, and he said, "Yeah, you know, flips." Clips, yeah, 6%. We, we can do that. He's like, the only thing that would be different is, you know, if you're foreign national versus a citizen, we'll, we'll cut you back 10% on loan to value. On loan to value. We'll, we'll just ask you to put down more. Uh, but it wasn't so much that they were going to change the rate. And this was like private financing or semi-private. So maybe maybe I did get... Okay, so I'll tell you the, the loan. The loan was... Uh, first, it was 80% uh, loan to value at 3.8. So I thought this is amazing. Um, then last minute, oh, you know what, Andre, uh, you're new to the bank, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be 70%. So then the 10% at the time for me was, was a big deal because that, that was another 52,000 us, which is about 70,000 Canadian to come up with. So I said, okay. And then I started panicking a little bit. Uh, so I went back to the seller and I said, you got to take me a 10% VTB on a second. And the bank would allow for that. And the bank would allow for that okay. all disclosed. Okay. Uh, so, so the, he, Josh said, yeah, Andre, it's fine. Um, went through another three months of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, in January, uh, we closed. Okay, that's uh, that's awesome. So, so that's your first financing, and then that's my first financing. And we can run the numbers at that. You're, you said you were cash flowing right off the bat, even though you had stuff empty. Correct. Um, okay, 
will you go back and try and refinance this with the higher value to pull money out? Okay, so my first six homes was um, private, all private, five-year payoff. Yeah, so those you don't want to touch. Well, yes. actually, actually, I am. You are just going to refinance yeah, them? Yeah, I'm going to refinance because the values have gone up, yeah. um, and I'm paying 6% on a five-year payoff. Yeah. So if I transfer that to a 25-year, my payment your goes cash down. cash flow, yeah. Right, your you're cash out refund, you're taking cash out, and your payment goes down by half. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's yeah, yeah. So I, I'm gonna go like I'm in the middle of it now. I don't want to jinx it or anything. Yeah. But on a refi, I'll tell you that I'm getting eighty twenty. Okay, so twenty percent down. Correct. Okay, or twenty percent equity left in anyway. Right, right. And what kind of are they still talking under four percent? Four point two five at this point, which is still great. Which is still good. It was four point two. Then he said, "Oh, Andre went up another five basis." I said, "Okay." And what's the value on these properties now? Like the little duplex you talked about. Oh, the duplex. Okay, so the, the $42,000 duplex maybe is worth, I don't know, you got to talk to Taylor, but maybe $60,000. Uh, and then uh, another one and I bought. Can it, and can it generate six, seven hundred, eight hundred $800 of rental income? across Gross the, you're talking uh, about? Yeah, gross. Oh, the, the 1200 So those are still, I mean, your 2% rule almost. Oh, two, like I, I don't, in Jamestown, I don't look for less than two, ever. 2% rule. Uh, never less than two. It's usually two and a half to three. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of How aiming for. How big of a town is this to, to yeah. allow for? It's about, um, I think there's about 25, 26,000 people. Okay. It's not uh, it's not a big town. Everybody kind of knows everybody. Yeah. Um, they, know, they know you now? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for the most part, people know me now. Yeah. So so you won't be refinancing this one yet then? This, no, this because I think the fees are a little too high because I literally just signed it. Okay. So, so, so you, I, have to, you locked in for several years? Right. I locked in, I think, for five years. Um, and then after five years, the, the rate adjusts. So you might wait. Yeah. So your initial, let's just look at it. So, I mean, you've got built-in equity, like way, <laughs> really good built-in well, equity. When I first bought it, I'll tell you this, we, we paid uh, 522, then the appraisal was out there, right? So, so it's actually a huge leap of faith when you're doing this uh, financing, because especially when you're doing uh, portfolio deals at seven houses, uh, three of them, I believe, three or four of them were commercial. So the appraisal costs a lot of money. So, I was putting out of pocket, not knowing what the outcome was going to be. It was about $8,400 for the bank and a $10,000 deposit that I didn't know if I was going to get back or not. $10,000. So it was not refundable? Well, it, it was, was a commitment fee to the bank? I'm pretty sure it was refundable. The, the $8,400 was not refundable. That was the appraisal. That was the appraisals and all that other nonsense that they charged for uh, up front. Yeah. That was not refundable. So that, that was kind of like... At that point, I actually took a step back and I said, holy moly, am I doing this? Or like, what am I doing? Because 8400 that's, you know, to lose yeah, 10 grand Canadian. Sucks sure. to lose. Yeah. So I said, okay, you know what? Let's just do it. So 522 purchase price. Immediately, the appraisal came back at 575 And they saw everything, right? So I, I was pretty, I was like, oh, thank God, kind of thing yeah. at that point. So it appraised well. Right. Well, if you knew you're getting a deal, then I guess you still need to worry about structural issues, um, contaminations. Did they ask for any environmental studies or anything like that? No, because uh, none of the properties were close to gas stations or anything okay, like so that. Okay, so they just yeah, is it just was, a questionnaire or no, nothing right. at all? Right, and then I ran into one problem. Like, okay, so in Rochester, which is where this bank is, I think is uh, based out of Rochester, you have to get a COF certificate of um, sorry, no, uh, of occupancy. So it's from the city. Every single year has to be renewed. No matter if you're on a program or not. And I'll explain what that means after. Uh, but in Jamestown, we don't have that. So they were kept on asking me for this certificate. I said, listen, there's, there's no such thing. So I just went to the city and I said, you know, just give me something that says this, this eight unit is allowed to be an eight unit. This nine unit is out. So they gave me a, for all, all the properties. The confirmed legal use. Right. And then that was kind of enough. Okay. That's, yeah. 
And that's the nicer thing with being in a smaller town. They don't implement these ridiculous, um, cumbersome programs that just cost money and do nothing. Correct. Although in New York State, I would assume that they would have that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, there's there's a lot of... Um, so, okay, I'll tell you, out of 48 groups of tenants, um, I think there's maybe 10 or 12 of them, of my tenants that are on programs. So in the programs, there's plenty full of programs. Uh, Section 8 divides into like three different programs. Uh, we, if you know, are familiar with Section 8, it's basically like Ontario Works, for example. Yeah. Like they help pay for a part of your rent. Uh, yeah, subsidized rent. Correct, correct. Um, you always get a little bit higher rent than the market. Uh, now, though, uh, it's probably the same because the rents have gone up so much, and the the FMR, which is a fair market rent for 2021, hasn't gone up so like since yeah. then. Uh, but it will probably next year. It will. Um, so there's about three different programs. You have to you you should use those uh, programs if you can because people to get on those programs they wait a long time. Once they're on them, they don't want to lose them. Uh, so if your rent is seven hundred dollars, and then your portion is three hundred bucks, and the other people are paying four hundred, the government's paying four hundred. If you stop paying that three hundred, you won't go come back on the program. Oh, okay, it's very so, difficult. So these people want to, because normally I wouldn't want people that weren't paying their own rent because it, maybe I don't know, like it's probably bad bad thinking, uh, but it just seems like they're going to be a lower quality tenant potentially if they don't have their own money. Um, but but it doesn't necessarily always work out that way. Yeah, so and, and what you're saying, it actually they have a lot of incentive to actually keep up on their portion. That's right. So if you're investing um, in Miami, downtown Miami, okay, you don't want somebody like that, right? You don't. Want, but in Jamestown, there's first of all, there's a lot of very very good people. Like the the kind of blanket statement about a city is um, is is terrible, right? Uh, some some stereotypes absolutely live up to it, absolutely. But for the most part, no, it doesn't live up to it, right? So, so you kind of, you know, you have to be a little bit of good of a judging character, which I'm not perfect, and and neither is management. But you know, we try to be a good judging character and kind of what incentivizes a person to stay here, yeah, right, and then pay their rent on. So if it's just if it's nothing, if it's only the fact that you know, of course, you're providing good housing versus other landlords. Mm-hmm. Most landlords in Jamestown, I would I would almost want to blame them because the kind of stuff they're putting out for rent, like I wouldn't put my dog there. Like it's terrible, terrible. So just do the basic stuff. Just you know, clean it up, paint the walls, or, or yeah. fix up cover. Just just fix stuff. That's all people are asking for. Just fix stuff. Yeah. If it breaks, fix it. That's it. And then you'll you'll have people that stay and, and don't want to leave. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, just treat your tenants well. Correct. So so you're taking that approach, and your your management has that uh, that philosophy. That that's uh, that that's how I am at least. Yeah. And I'm telling them, you know, if somebody calls me with, a, with an issue, I call the, or, or sorry, if somebody calls the manager with an issue, she'll call right away to the maintenance guy to come and fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't want to, you know, sometimes, okay, let's go back to that one unit that I was telling you that I got quoted 16000 yeah. Why I said it many minutes, maybe I should have paid that money. Because I had a call one night, it was like 10 o'clock at night, in the middle of the, uh, tenants going to take out the trash or something, I don't know. They walk past this unit and there's water gushing everywhere. So nobody was living there. Nobody was living there for the last two months because I haven't I haven't done it, yeah. and and the mold spread all over the place. So now instead of paying sixty thousand dollars, I got to pay three grand for somebody to come in and, and rip out all that stuff, and I got to pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you shot myself in the foot, kind of thing. It, you know, bad goes to worse right. if if you're if you're not paying attention to it. And yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of sounds like my Youngstown, Ohio experience. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so they, they bypassed the, the tenants that were in there bypassed the water meter. 
which was actually the nice part because then the valve got left on the whole house flooded fan blades sagging like over um i i gave the house away so wow because it would have cost me more to fix it than insurance it was worth. So i had not, wanted nothing to do with it well me being the dummy that i was i didn't have insurance because i bought it for 12 12 5 and i let my insurance lapse um you know had i you know in hindsight if i had kept the policy going would it have been worth claiming uh probably actually yeah. my, it, it probably would have been a saving grace but uh you know sometimes you learn learn hard knocks and mistakes not to make twice yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah at least in, in your scenario you, you know you're you're never going to risk a portfolio of five hundred thousand dollar properties without insurance that's yeah 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 live and learn right i mean it's funny like if some of the mistakes i've made will sound really stupid to people <laughs> but i guess you know, i want to tell you when i first started buying I, I don't know if you got this question when you first started buying in, in youngstown but when i first started buying the immediate reaction of people here like in, because we're so used to one thing yeah. we're so used to condos or or whatever you know maybe rent on the basement that's as far as we'll go kind of thing yeah. um but the first reaction is okay well andre if the house is forty thousand dollars and the rent is twelve hundred dollars a month between the two units why are other people not buying it? Why are the people that are living there not buying it, right? And I, yeah. I, I honestly can't even answer that question until today. Uh, but it's definitely a mindset issue. Well, look, look around. Like, look, look at the Canadian populace in general. Like, some of the things that they've allowed in the last year. I mean, clearly people, um, there, there's, there's not as much critical thought as I thought there was. And I think that that's, that's where the real, the real challenge is when somebody asks, well, why aren't other people doing that? Not a lot of people looked. Yeah. And then a lot of people, when they hear things, say, oh, it's not worth the headache. They assume things. They right. make presumptions that are wrong. And, uh, you know, when, when people hear about investing cross-border, the average person thinks would think either of us are insane for doing it. That's all. Yeah. Oh, that's too risky. So that's why. I mean, it's limiting beliefs. It's limiting thought process and a lack of critical thinking. That's my take. Not to, uh, not no, to no, cut no. you I, I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. But, the, you know, the, the kind of question that I was asked, not, not only why Canadians, but why aren't Americans buying it? I mean, you're living there. But they live there. That's the problem. They don't see the value because they live that's, there. That's yeah. exactly the thing. Because exactly the, the people thing. in Florida, it's insane. Like, uh, they'll, they'll say to me, like, we're really uncomfortable with these prices right now. We're, we're expecting an impending crash. And their prices, you know, you can still buy three bed, two baths in Cape Coral for under 400 grand. And, and, and I'm like, you haven't seen Ontario. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Because for you, this seems expensive. Right. And they're like, how much higher can rents get? I'm like, well, you haven't seen Ontario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny you brought that up. There's, there's a, um, my theory is there's a rate of change. So if your rate of change from good to bad, or sorry, from bad to good. So when I look at Ontario, I look as bad, meaning bad for cash flow. Yeah. Um, when I look at something like Jamestown, or even if I was, didn't find Jamestown, but I was only looking in Florida. Or, or some other parts of the country, like North Carolina, for example. And I found houses for $200,000. For me, that would be cheap yeah. because the rate of change is towards something better. Yeah. Right? But for somebody living there, that maybe that rate of change will go one up yeah. because they're used to something else. Right. right. right? So the, I, I, when I found Jamestown, I, I, it was unbelievably mind-opening. Unbelievable because I'm, you know, we're buying the same house in Niagara Falls, Canada, for four or five hundred thousand yeah. at the time, and, and Niagara Falls, New York, one river, yeah, one ten grand, yeah, <laughs> it, something's wrong, right? And, and why are we not buying it? Like you know, it's, it's closer to go to Niagara Falls, New York, than it is to go to Sudbury. Yeah, oh, way closer, right? It's a, an yeah. hour or whatever it is away. Yeah, yeah, and well, that's changed though now, right? Niagara Falls, New York, isn't that's, that cheap? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's really just the issue with the border. 
if, if he can get past that issue, which we, you know, we can talk talk about in a second here. But uh, let's just work through the numbers on this deal. So sure. average rent, or do you know your gross rent across the whole the I'll, I'll whole tell 36? You, um, yeah, I do. One second. Right now, mm-hmm. the gross rent is, uh, sorry, one second, one second, $16,355. $16,355? So sixteen three fifty five, and that's with three vacancies. With three vacancies. Yeah. So sixteen thousand three five five, and so that's that's almost two hundred grand a year in annual rent across the building. Correct. Yeah, that's and that's great. low. That sounds wonderful. Um, what's your taxes across that? Yeah. So taxes uh, thirteen fifty two a month. Uh, thirteen. Oops. So equals thirteen fifty two times twelve. So you're about sixteen thousand two hundred right. a year. Uh, insurance on all that five hundred dollars a month. That's it, eh? That's that's not bad. It's not so bad. that's six thousand a year. Uh, maintenance. I'm gonna. I have eight percent in there. Is that uh, roughly? That'd be about fifteen thousand a year. Yeah, maintenance. You can even say okay. So my my plan going forward is to kind of go down there and do proactive uh, changes. Yeah, like life cycle stuff. If if I see that it's at the end of it, just change it. Even if it's working, I don't care. Just change it. Yeah. And then maintenance will go. Right now, maintenance will probably around fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month, averaged. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's more like ten percent, which is actually um, a safer bet. Um, okay. So that's about twenty grand a year. And um, what about water, electric? Yeah, water, electric is extremely expensive uh, because most of the rents when I bought it were inclusive. Um, most of these rents. Uh, allow not to be inclusive. Are they separate meters? Most of them. That's what I'm saying. With water as well? No, water is usually not centralized. Right. Your water is usually not all the properties. Some properties I have, I have no bills whatsoever. Um, But for example, I have a nine unit that I pay all the utilities. I have an eight unit that I pay all the utilities. There's only one meter of each, which is fine because I'll just raise the rents uh, equally, right? Um, But they're not raised. They are what they are at this right. point. So now I went through a, you know, I went through the whole list, and uh, starting October first, a lot of the rents are going to be going up, and of course, people are going to be, uh, you know. So some will leave because you can just you right. can just put it to whatever you want, right? Right. That's right. amazing. Right. right. And there's no there's no control on kind of what you do and what you don't do. I, I know there's different schools of thought, but I think that's how it should be. You know, I mean, give them give them notice. Be be respectful and, and honorable in your actions. hundred percent. So I, I mean, I it's your everybody... asset, not theirs. Everybody, I gave ninety days notice. I said this. Notice. That's great. Right. So, it, by by New York State law, if somebody's li- lived there for a year less than two years, thirty days. One to t- sorry, over a year to two years is sixty days, and then over two years, I believe, is ninety days. So I don't know how long they've been living there. I said, okay, I don't care. Everybody, ninety days. Ninety I would do days this is very nice. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of of, uh, of laws, I would do ninety it's, days. Regardless. It's a respectful thing to do. Right. Yeah, that's great. And I, I tell them all this. I say, you know, I understand this for you is a financial decision, right? So you you make up your mind. But I'm telling you, on October 1st, 90 days from now, it was actually more than it was about 100. It was 90 days plus two weeks. Uh, on this day, it's going to be going up. So you guys decide what you want to do. But I want to point out something. States that don't have, or states that do have rent control, like California, for example, or Washington, or Oregon, or whatever, that they're or Ontario, for that matter. Yeah. As soon as the eviction ban happened in New York State, a very funny phenomenon happened. I, when, when COVID first started, I thought for sure, you know, I was buying this. We were in the middle of COVID. This is still yeah. January of this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I figured, okay, maybe it's going to be co- coming close to an end, coming close to an end. But it seemed like the end was never coming, at least with the moratoriums for, for evicted yeah. people, okay. right? 
I was obviously very scared. As soon as it started, I'm thinking, holy moly, people are going to stop paying and then it's going to be – so thank God people didn't stop paying. But what happened is there was a ban on evictions. So those that did stop paying, you couldn't get them out. So the free market doesn't work yeah. at that point because people are not paying, right? And other people are looking to move, but they have nowhere to move to because people that are not paying won't move out. Right. Yeah. Over a span of six months, rents went up by 20%. Over a span of six months. What I was getting normally $600 for a two-bedroom is now $700 to $750 plus utilities. Right. Normally, three-bedroom was about $700 is now $800 to $850 plus utilities. Right. All rents went up across the board. And, and guess what? They're staying up there. I mean, we'll see what happens next year. Yep. Government intervention only hurts. It was really the cause of this because if they allowed the free markets to continue, Correct. it would have been fine and things wouldn't have had to change. Correct. They can't understand, um, in my perspective, that you can't, you can't get rid of volatility. You can only divert it. So when you have a balloon filled up with water and you press down on one side of the balloon, what happens to the other side of the balloon? It goes up. There has to be a release valve. No matter what, there has to be a release. So as soon as they stop the evictions, okay, great. Well, whoever is there, right, those people you're protecting. But new people trying to come in, you're not protecting. Yeah, now they're hurt. Now yeah. they're hurt. Now they have to pay more. They're bidding up Correct. the fewer markets. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, you know, it's so true. And, and what, what's happened in Ontario is there, there are so many landlords that are just checking out. Like, why would I do this? Think of it. If you're thinking about becoming your landlord and then you hear that there's a freeze on evictions, right. no, not doing it anymore. Right. Not right. doing it anymore. Right. I'll buy a house for ourselves. And, and rents, you know, I, I wanted to read some stats for you because I think it's, it, it's so important. You know, in, in Canada, we do have provinces that are no rent controlled. Alberta is the Nora. Alberta, Nova Scotia, uh, Yukon, none of it. There's a lot of provinces that are, that are not. Okay. The average rent in Toronto is $1,833. Fully rent controlled. What do we have? A 1% increase per year? Yeah. And, and it takes like nine months to evict somebody. You can't even evict somebody for, for other than you're moving in there or uh, different reasons. Yeah. Not because their contract is up. The average rent in Alberta, $1,200. Edmonton, $992. Why? Yeah. Free market. Free market works. Always works. Free market works. So I'll tell you another example. Arkansas, on the third day of, if you don't pay rent, you, you get a three-day eviction notice. If you don't leave on the third day, it's a criminal offense because you're stealing is what you're doing. Exactly. You're stealing somebody's time and you're not paying for it. Okay, so Arkansas, average rent, $745. Indiana, very random friendly, $826. Ohio, $808. Okay, California, $1503, average rent. Yeah. And people will dismiss that and say that there's other oh, reasons. Yeah, but there's this. Or Ontario is a better place to live. That's why it's more expensive. They'll always come up with something. It, 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 just look at the facts. Look at the facts. It's, it's right in front of you. Without the government intervention, I do think you'll have more volatility, which Edmonton has seen. You, you will see rents drop $400 in Edmonton. It, it's happened. Um, but now they're kind of at the low spot, which is why I kind of like that. Because now it looks like upward is, is likely where we're going to go. Yeah, I, I would say... If they just got out of the way, uh, we would balance ourselves very quickly. Very I, quickly. I, I very much like I could I could logic my way. You know, I could Ben Shapiro this stuff yeah. uh, all the way through of how right. every example of government intervention somebody suggests how I think it actually be better to let the free market do it and why. Um, anyways, not to go too much down this road, uh, but I do love talking about this stuff because I just think it's better. Uh, but anyways, let's continue going through these numbers. Um, water, let's, do you have a total utilities number you figure for a month? Like what's your average? Right now? Yeah. No lie. It's about $5,000. A month? Yeah. Winter months? They're more, they, right? They, it, it almost doesn't matter because- So uh, because that summer they got air conditioning, correct. winter. So correct. it's 5,000 a month. Correct. Okay. So let's just say 5,000. So it equals 5,000 times 12 so you're like 60 grand a year um management what are you paying two thousand dollars a month for everything yeah okay so you're 
in the ballpark of, uh, I guess, more than 10%, really. You're more like 12%. Correct. Okay. And um, any other, like, landscaping? Landscaping, I don't know, maybe let's say $500 a month. It's actually about $430 because the guy comes every two weeks for 200 bucks, $215. Okay, 430 times 12. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so fifty one sixty a year, and then miscellaneous. I'll just put five hundred bucks. Okay, and you bought for you're in for five five twenty two plus, like say fifty grand in all the renovations Correct. you've done. So let's say five twenty two plus fifty thousand. So you're like five seventy two all in. Your cap rate on what you're in for is eleven point four percent. That sounds about right. Which is really nice. You're like a 3.2 to 1 debt coverage ratio. Uh, well, actually, I know I have to adjust these numbers because you're not you're not getting as good as the rate I have in here. So you're 3.75? 3. Okay, so I'll tell you the actual mortgage amount because I have it here. The actual mortgage payment amount per month is 1905. 1905? Yeah. Which works out to be like, I don't know, you're in the ballpark of 3.5 then. Uh, should have been 3.85. Oh, wait. No, I had the amortization wrong. And you were, you were 70%, 25 right? 70%. 70%, 25 years, and your interest rate is? Uh, 3.85. 3.85. Yeah. Um, okay, so my calculator, I think the American calculation for mortgages is a touch different. So anyways, yeah, so you're you're in the ballpark of $3,300 cash flow a month. Correct. US, which is sweet. Uh, it's not, not really... Um, Definitely not why I got into it. I didn't. I didn't come into it uh, to just spend... to make three thousand. No, bucks. no, no, no. I no. understand that, but that's like no. It's a little bit. It's something about a property paying me just puts a smile on my face, even if it's yeah. small. Even yeah. if it's small, I'm just like yeah. that. Just that just makes me happy. Right, right. But I, I think the rents. Um, not, not I think like the the rents will be going up to twenty one thousand dollars for the gross rents. Okay, so you're going to get into um, and the maintenance. Uh, sorry, the utilities is probably going to go down to fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, so if you get it up to that twenty one thousand, and then you get utilities down to uh, fifteen hundred, and that's after I spend that fifty grand that I was talking about, because oh, okay. yeah. after I do what I want to do to them, then, yeah. then you know there's really no competition in the market. Okay, then you're going to be at like ten thousand five hundred if you make that's those two correct. changes. That's my. That's the kind of the goal. which I mean, if you're. Not even that frugal. That's that's like retirement <laughs> for a lot of people. Yes, I mean, yeah. things I mean, are obviously, obviously want to keep, keep on going. Yeah, but... everyone does. Uh, but yeah, that's fantastic. So it seems like you got something there. Now, I think an obvious question a lot of people are going to ask is why Jamestown, New York. What you know? What do you see in that market? It was kind of by chance that I came. Uh, I don't see appreciation. I'll tell you that much. Like appreciation happened now, but I don't think it's uh, here to stay. Well, it's inflation driven appreciation. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think it's here to stay. Um, uh, definitely not for appreciation. Only for cash flow. Um, what kind of jobs are there? Service jobs. There's a. There's a Cummins uh, um, manufacturing plant. Oh, nice. They make not, the diesel engines. Correct. Correct. Not too far from there, and uh, I think it's like four or five miles away. There's a furniture manufacturing place there, and then the rest of it is kind of service jobs, orange banking, whatever. Um, but I think it doesn't take much, right? So even if somebody is working at McDonald's for $8 an hour in, in Jamestown, I mean, you're bringing home, let's say, $400 a month. Sorry, no, sorry, $400 a week, $1,600 a, a month. Yeah. I mean, that, that's enough to pay your $500 rent payment yeah. or your $700 rent payment. Because Well, and those wages are going to go up. That's going to happen. Um so you got a little bit of industry. Any what's the closest major town? Buffalo. 
Buffalo's the closest major Buff- town? Yeah. Maybe maybe Erie's closer, but it's not much closer. Oh, okay. I was thinking, yeah, Erie or even Cleveland. I guess you're you're a lot yeah, further. Erie would be f- first, and then Cleveland would be further about three hours. Yeah. Three hours. Okay. Buffalo's how far from there? Buffalo's about 45 minutes, an hour. Oh, that's it? Okay, yeah. so you're not that far in. No. <clears throat> you're from Ellicottville. You're, what, like an hour, I think? Ellicottville. I remember doing this search because I've driven through Ellicottville a bunch. Yeah. Is that close to Buffalo? No, it's... Uh, or is that further towards Binghamton? It's further towards Binghamton, yeah. Okay, yeah, then, yeah. yeah. That, that's a good market, too. I look at the, Yeah, that's okay. a very good market. I've been through there tons of times. Yeah? Yeah. The, the student opportunity there, I think, is pretty good. Yeah, I was talking to a guy who's invested in near Lehigh Acres. No, not, not Lehigh Acres. Like uh, Lehigh, where that tunnel is on the, on the, okay. uh, the highway. I don't know if you've been down no, there. No, I've never. Um, Lehigh Valley. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, in that pocket there, Wilkes Bar, um, Scranton. Well, Scranton's further south, where the office was fictitiously not actually filmed, but actually the intro video is is through there. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's tons of opportunity down there. Now, it does seem like most markets, most major markets, you're going to look in, you're going to find that you're struggling to even find one percent rule. Yeah, most mar- I mean, I don't look at. Um- most markets, I guess. So you're, least, you're, you're out of the major market. This is not a major market. No, this no, is no. this is a tertiary. No. Uh, and I'll stay at the out of the major yeah. markets uh, until I see kind of what I like in the major markets. Like if I see the one percent or better yeah. uh, in Miami, in Los Angeles, even or or where then, I, I would then you're buy more them. interested. I, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll be more interested. Yeah. But my, my number one goal, at least for now, is definitely cash flow. Yeah. And then later on, if I want to do gambling plays, like those gambling plays, better at least cover itself. Right. And then, okay, I'm, I don't mind making no money, but I'm definitely not going to be losing money every month on a property. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm there too. Like, I, I would more look at the, the, the body of, of the whole investment cash flow and say, do I have room for a loser? Correct. Correct. <laughs> if I have room for a loser or two, Correct. I might gamble a little bit if I right. think the odds are, are heavily in my favor. But that's, yeah. A hundred percent. But I think in the beginning, you can't. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, because you have zero properties and you're adding one. You don't have room for a loser. One bad Otherwise, play, you just be finished. out. Yeah, you, yeah. you just get out. You won't stay. Yeah. And uh, that's what I said from the beginning. And that's the mistake I made. I mean, I did have cash flow on my first couple, but then I got into the Ohio stuff and made mistakes like you're seeing. I mean, um, there are people in America that will, you know, steal from you and, and, yes. and call you an a-hole while they do it. Yeah. And they'll make you feel like you're screwing them as yeah. they screw yeah. you. Yeah. I've said, sorry for all the analogies here. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a funny thing that I think a lot of Canadians aren't ready for because we're so sheltered here, sheltered oh, I, I, from I think, a lot of things. You know, that can I happen. think if you grew up in 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 Burlington, Oakville, uh, Mississauga, or or Toronto, or whatever, any one of these yeah. you know nicer neighborhoods, and you go down to Buffalo or or Niagara Falls, like you you will be mind blown, mind blown. Oh, the stuff people do. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and how they live and, and what's considered normal oh, and what's yeah. considered not normal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, like you would be – the first couple of times I went spoiled in Canada. Oh, yeah. my God. Unbelievable. I, I went to a show in uh, for 2017 and I'm going through these neighborhoods and the guy is showing me there's quite literally a prostitute living in one of the units. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, be, to me, I didn't care because as long as you, like, you pay, I don't really care who lives there and what you do for a living. It's none of my business. Yeah. Uh, but I think if somebody else walked into the unit – or that area, for the matter, or drove into the air. They just drive right out. They wouldn't even go inside the house. But you gotta, I don't know, open up your mind because there's a lot more. There's a lot of money to be made. There's yeah. a lot of money being made. A lot of money being made. <laughs> I don't mean to call you a slumlord because I know you're not. But you're you're managing something that people yeah, can so mistake for that. Yeah, so for the most part, people yeah. are right. Yeah, for, over there, you're in those managing areas? around slumlords. Correct, yeah. correct. And I think if you like, just. 
put in laminate flooring, okay? Just yeah. just paint your walls and put in a decent kitchen. Yeah. You will find that there is no competition. Yeah. You are winning because there's nobody yeah. else. That's going always there. you know. Ever since my early on projects, I, I just wanted to make everything nice and, and make it the nicest and make make it like something that I was proud to proud to make. Correct. And then I know anyone else comes in there, they're gonna they're gonna look at it. They're like, wow. I, yeah, I win. Yeah, I'll take it for sure. So even if the market changes, you know your yours are always going to be the first to rent. Even if everybody always. else is vacant, yours always. are always going to be the first. So to rent. I'll tell you, uh, when I first uh, got that uh, two unit, I, I didn't know, like I, I don't know. The first floor unit was an accountant that owned the property, and he was using it as his practice. So he had brand new carpets in there. He had like a, a decent kitchen, yeah. like a regular wood kitchen. It wasn't falling apart. It was nice, okay. maybe five years old or something like that. And the rest of it was laminate, right? And the washroom was nice, like nice, whatever, normal stuff, what I would consider normal. Yeah. Uh, so when I put it up for rent for $600 a month, and there was no parking, mind you, okay. no parking. I put it up for rent, and there was about, and I'm not kidding when I say this, maybe 150 replies. Okay. Uh, so then I thought, okay, maybe I'm putting it up too cheap. I said, I don't really know what's happening here, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I went down there. I, the first one, I never met Taylor. This was another realtor that sold it to me. Uh, and I went down and I said, okay, I'm going to go for a weekend and try to rent this place. Uh, so I set up all these appointments to come. And every single person that came to that house said, this is the nicest apartment I've ever seen. And that's what kind of got my wheels turning. I said, oh, man, what, what are the bad apartments like? like? I've never seen anything because I only saw that one house yeah. at the time when I bought it. I only saw that one. And I said, okay, this seems normal. Yeah. seems like what I, you know, kind of like what I would rent in Wellen, for example. Yeah. Uh, and I said, okay, let's just, you know, let's go with it. Uh, but then I started seeing the bad stuff. And I said, okay, I see what they're saying now. Then I kind of started understanding like w- why they said that apartment was the nicest one. So I kind of want to bring it up to that standard. So Whatever just, I do, just make your stuff a bit better than everybody that, else's. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome, and that's it fits with the model I do here. So, a um, couple of quick questions for you: Do you see other markets that you're looking at, um, or is it really just Jamestown? Um, what should we tell other people who are looking for markets in the U.S. that to pick? So for if investment? I had to start over, and I could find another tailor in Sydney. Uh, somewhere else, uh, which I mean, of course, there's good people everywhere. Uh, hard to find, but I'm sure there is. Um, I would probably start over in Arkansas or I'd probably start over in Ohio or Indiana um, because the property taxes are much cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so I'm paying about $2,000 a year, uh, roughly average, let's say, maybe maybe eighteen, nineteen hundred, depending on some, a little bit more um, per house. Per house on a $40,000 house is a lot of money. Okay. Uh, you know, other markets like... Little Rock, Arkansas, for example. If you're buying a house for forty thousand dollars, you're paying three hundred dollars in property tax for the whole year. Okay, that that's it. But New York is, is notoriously high compared to everybody else. So maybe if I had to start over, I would I would change that aspect of it. But everything else, I'll keep the same. Yeah, and you're not finding an issue with the income taxes in New York State? No, because I, I believe we only pay federal. Like I filed with the uh, I filed with H and R Block. Okay. But first of all, our, out of Canada ca- or out of the U.S. Out of the U.S. But our taxes. Um, when you file in the U.S., it, it doesn't matter what the state is because most likely you, Ontario tax is going to be higher anyways. Like we're here paying yeah, the difference. Yeah, the tax treaty, yeah. Right. Okay, so so on that note, what is your structure? Are you with an LLC it's and an LP? L- LP structure. So you have an LP that owns the properties and an LLC that's the general partner. Correct. And then you are the owner of both. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same structure I have. That's a very common one I find for that, Canadian. I think that's the only one. I think that's was... I fought with my accountant on it cuz my immigration lawyer who's helping with with the E2 visa, which I kind of just looking to keep in my back pocket, not right. that I'm immediately planning on, on moving or anything. But he was saying, "Oh, I prefer you have an LLC." Then my accountant's like, "No way. Like, yeah, you can do that, but you lose flexibility." So, 
um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more filings, it's more money, it's it's a little bit more headache, but yeah, the LP, there, there LLC. Because I think a tax treaty, uh, like when LLC was no longer a flow-through company, I think that was uh, 10 years ago, maybe, 2008, 2009. So there's a guy I met that had a grandfather in LLC, meaning from before, and he could buy anything in that LLC, and it would be a flow-through. Well, you can still do LLCs down there as flow-through. You have It's a declaratory thing, but apparently Canada doesn't look at it the same way, and that's where the problem well, that's, comes that's in. That's what yeah. I'm saying. We're still Canadians yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, we're, we're, we're geeking out on this stuff. But anyone looking to, to invest in the U.S., you're going to have to have these, these conversations with your accountant. Right. Um, we're just telling you what, what we have seen, and I, I've seen a lot of this. So whether or not it's the best way, I think maybe there's another structure for you. So double-check with your accountant. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely something... Uh, something that's on my radar and i always like to ask that um okay so as far as banking goes did you just set up with one of the big banks down there uh, no i actually went to a local bank local bank in uh, jamestown yeah in jamestown lakeshore savings is okay. the and the 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 lady the the manager of the bank is fantastic and do you wire transfer money down there no so it's um so i have rbc okay so you R- have rbc us right so, so R- you just R- rbc a georgia which is the U.S. side, an RBC Canadian, you can do um, transporter uh, transfers like this. Yeah, I do that as well. Right, and no fees. Okay, so you have your RBC account, and then you also have the account for your LL or your LP. Right, so in in, in Jamestown, I have an account uh, there, and that's where everybody pays their rent. Okay. Everybody goes there, and then They go straight to your bank and just pay it Straight to the bank, straight to the bank. They just walk into the bank and then deposit it right into the account. And then I'll just write myself a check to the RBC Georgia. To send yourself money here. And then you can transfer it across the board, no problem. Exactly. Yeah, that's super, uh, super easy. I've been actually sending money down using TransferWise. I don't know if you ever used that before. No. So you can do wire transfers, changes the currency, account to account. So I like to, if I'm doing a big purchase, I like to um, at least have the money in RBC Georgia like a week before closing. A yeah. Week before oh, no, I, I, think it's I wouldn't close. do it when it's time sensitive, but just when I'm sending to my US account, I get actually a better deal using TransferWise out of my Canadian account down to my RBC US than I do. But how could it be better than free? It's, it's free no, I'm talking about the currency exchange. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, currency exchange uh, fees are way, way yeah, better yeah, yeah. on that. That that I'm not too good at because I, I I walked into many a times between Scotia and RBC, and I think Scotia is always the lagging one. RBC is a little better, but then I walk in. Usually, you ask them to call the floor. Yeah, they'll they'll give you a little. If you're doing a lot of money, they'll give you a better rate. Um, and then and then. You know, just kind of went with it, but I'm sure I'm getting ripped off. I'm sure I'm getting. But for me, I kind of felt like, okay, you know, if I'm, it's not the end of the world. It, it's a one-time transfer. It's bits. Right. Right. So. Okay. So other technical things I just wanted to get out. Uh, you're closing uh, deals with title company, right? Lawyers. They use lawyers in New York. Yeah. Okay. So I use title company in Florida and in Ohio when I did it. It was title company. What I, I've never even used, I heard people talking about. It. I've never used it. I don't know what. Yeah, the, title companies just not lawyers. They they just deal with land titles. Um, so they don't they don't handle. I say I guess disputes. So you still get insurance, title insurance. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a little bit cheaper. I think. I mean, I certainly notice it's cheaper at least on the buy side than Canada. Uh, but then on the they, there's weird stuff like in Ohio, like the seller pays all the closing fees. It ends up being like a lot more than in Canada. There's weird differences. None of them make or break a deal, but you just kind of learn these things yeah, as you go. They have a, in New York, they also have a New York uh, state mortgage tax, which is roughly 1% of the mortgage amount. So when you register a mortgage on any property, you pay a tax on the mortgage. You pay a tax on the mortgage. There's all kinds of New York taxes yeah. for different stupid forms that I have no idea what they are. Uh, but anyway, that's just I New like York. you threw the word stupid in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ripping on New York. I think that, I think yeah. it's actually a beautiful state. Like the North, Northern New York state is, is awesome. And, uh, you know, the city actually is pretty cool too. Yeah. 
Um, okay, any words of wisdom that you would like to share to our audience? You know, if they're thinking about getting into the U.S., things to do, not to do. I, I think just um, stop thinking about it. Like, you know, stop stop going to these meetups. Stop, just do it. Okay, my my whole thing on meetups and 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 coaching groups in general is if you went there more than ten times and you haven't done anything, just stop going there. Stop going there. Just just do it. Just try out one. I mean, you're only putting at risk eight thousand. I get it. Eight thousand dollars is a lot of money. Like for the first one, I put at risk, but it, it's not gonna bankrupt you for generations to come. And you're gonna learn something. And you're gonna learn so much, so much, way more than any book or any any podcast or any anything's gonna show. Just just do it. Nothing learn, teaches you more than actually doing. Right. Correct. And I, and I was stuck there too. Like I was stuck from 2017, 2019. I was just scared of oh, taxes, implication. Then I realized. Andre, you're making $1,200 a month, which most of it is expensive. What tax implications are you talking about? Yeah. Just do it. Just yeah. like, what are you scared about, right? And then, it, yeah, I think a lot of people think about it, think about it, think about it. And I see a lot of people coming up to meetups. Like I, I went to a meetup here in, uh, I used to go um, in Toronto. Uh, it was a meetup for U.S. Um, Canadians buying in U.S., basically. Yeah. And there's many, many people that have went there for years probably and, and have never bought anything. So after a while, just you know, either stop going, you know, admit to yourself that this is not what you want to do, yeah. uh, but but think clearly, right? Don't don't just based right. on, go on on feelings that oh I feel like this is good. No, think clearly because uh, it, it's not that difficult. Yeah, you you buy a house, you fix it up, you rent it out. That's yeah. it. End of the, end of the story. It doesn't mean you won't skin your knee. Uh, right. and there is no stopping people from doing that, but hopefully you can mitigate your losses with what you've learned from those those events. Correct. Correct. And I'm sure, you know, your story in Youngstown. Uh, it didn't break me. It didn't break you. But what you now know from it, yeah. you, there's no way you would have learned that on, on some sort of meetup. Oh, yeah. Like the, the I wouldn't even take it back. That's the funny thing. Like yeah. I would not take it back. I mean, yes, I lost money. Yes, it hurt. But it taught me so much. It, it helped make me what I am now. So why would I why would I change that? Because the, the, the savvy, the, the intelligence, the, you know, the discernment that I gained from that, yeah, I wouldn't have otherwise. So as much as it hurt, and I don't, I don't wish that on anybody, but I mean, sometimes that's how you learn. Pain te- pain's a good teacher. That's it. The better teacher than success will ever be. Yeah. But uh, that being said, we still, still try and uh, minimize those experiences if yeah. we can. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But I think, I think we're, you know, this is a, this is a society uh, question, what you said, um, pain is a teacher. Because we're not accustomed to paying anything that hurts a little bit. Stop. It. Yeah, avoid even the avoid even the chance that you could experience it. That's what most Correct. people do. They don't want to fail. Correct. Correct. And I think in the real world, so in school, you're taught don't fail, don't fail, study for your test, study for this. But in the real world, the more you fail, the more you make. Yeah. And actually, only failures make money in the real oh, yeah. world. Only failures. I saw a good quote last night. So. What does school really teach children? Truth comes from authority. Intelligence is the ability to remember and repeat. Um, accurate memory and repetition are rewarded. Noncompliance is punished, and to conform intellectually and socially. Yeah, exactly. That's what school the opposite. actually teaches. Exactly the opposite is what makes you successful in real life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The so opposite. whatever school is telling you, they're teaching you how to be a cog in the wheel of society. Which I mean, we do need those cogs. We need those people that work those minimum wage jobs. But if you want to stand out. You got to get in with people who th- are doing literally the exact opposite yeah. of those things. But and I have nothing against people that work in minimum wage jobs, but I have something against somebody that's working a minimum wage job for that ten has years higher straight. Higher aspirations. Well, right, you know, but sometimes they don't even think about the higher aspirations. So if you're like, if I had to do it, I think about this all the time. If I lost everything tomorrow and I had to do it all over again, like wh- where would I start? Right? People all the time complain, oh, I can't afford rent in Toronto. 
Well, the harsh truth is, truth is why do you think you, uh, you have the right to live in Toronto? Well, no, but honest to God. It's entitlement. Honest to God. And, right, right. So if I had to do it all over, I would rent a room for $500 a month yeah. and go work all the jobs I could find, all the jobs that would allow me not to pass out in the car, sleeping home from work, just to get out of that situation. So if you're living on, you know, on, on rent or whatever you're doing, don't look for the most luxurious rental unit. Unless you're there on a business trip for, yeah. for a short amount of time, then you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah. But if you're really trying to get out of that race, yeah. you're not looking for a $2,000 apartment. That's not going to help you. Look for a $500 bedroom yeah. where you're saving every penny you can and then buy something in Windsor if you don't want to go to the States. But that takes being able to see the bigger picture. That, then then you got to actually see how does what is my bigger picture and how do my current actions fit with it? And I think most of them won't even know what their bigger picture is. Right. What is their goal? What is what they're trying to accomplish? But yeah, larger discussion, challenging one. But I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of people listening to this, maybe it is a little bit of a push. If you're kind of in that limbo, we've all been there. There's always been times. Many yeah. a times, yeah. many a time. I, I got to thank my wife for getting me out of that because she's fantastic, fantastic. Every you time need I a feel, kick in the butt? <laughs> oh, all the time, all the yeah. time. Anytime I feel down from real estate or from whatever, whatever, oh, just shut up and do it. Just shut up and do it. Kind of thing. So she's I like that. The best. The My best wife will do that possibly. to me too, actually. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I can't thank her enough. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Andre, how do people reach you? Um, I guess I can leave my email in the description. Yeah. Do below. you want email? Do you want social media? Do you, like? Do you want to share a handle? Like, what's the what's the best At way for Andre you? Andre Mac. Uh, I think is my Instagram handle. Okay. I'm not active, but if you message me, I will reply. Okay, so I'll get you to just shoot me um, yeah. any handles you want included. I'll put those in the show notes Perfect. so that people can uh, follow you or reach out to you if uh, if they'd like. And uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. So thanks so much for, for doing no this today. No problem. That was great. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. Bye.